Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. So uh, I heard this statistic one time that said that 85% of statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs> I heard it was 69% of statistics. 69% of statistics. But you know what? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I love it. Because I don't even know why I started thinking about that. But it just, because it's like, because sometimes statistics will get thrown out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, but I, I was thinking about this one that like, <laughs> I've not met a guy. So I'm going to say 100% of guys. <laughs> feel awkward talking to their wife about spiritual stuff like even the oh, ones yeah. who are spiritual like yeah. sp- quote-unquote spiritual no so, i mean i bet you billy graham was like this yeah, is awkward at some point <laughs> and i love me some billy graham but i was just like you know you're just like there's got to be i think everybody's felt that feeling of awkward so my fake statistic is 100 percent of men <laughs> feel awkward talking to their wives about spiritual and maybe even anything other than like i will take the trash out today right you know right well i would say to, to make this legitimate if you find it awkward in this room right now to talk to your wife, raise your hand. Okay, 100% of the guys in this room guys right now are saying it feels awkward. By the way, I'm Travis. I'm Bill. And this is a Dad for Dad podcast. That uh, sounds good enough for me. Known legacy. And uh, I love what we're, what we're doing, and thanks for tuning in. Um, but anyways, so talk to me a little bit about uh, stepping into the awkward. We talked about that, stepping into the awkward with God, and this week we're going to do it with our, our daughters and our sons and our wives. Yeah, yeah. I think last week we kind of talked about, you know, before we even get started with the, the, the human beings that are in our life, we should look to the, to the supernatural, to the, to, the, to the Heavenly Father who empowers us, right. who, who, who equips us to be strong and courageous, to then step into the awkward with our family. So it's that first thing of beginning to step in there. And you're probably, you may still be in there trying to step into the awkward of God. Right. Um, But this can kind of work, you know, coinciding with that of just, I'm going to try and have an awkward conversation with my wife. Some of you guys might be like, I got this. Let me fast forward through this and be done with it. Um, But you're lying. And and you're lying. (laughs) I'm just saying, man. Hey, I'm So did you have any awkward moments with God last week? Because I had one. And yeah. So actually, it was yesterday. So my family and I were wrestling with this big decision, right? And, uh, you know, you read scripture and fasting and prayer often go hand in hand with these big decisions. So yesterday, I decided I was going to pray and fast, right? Have you ever heard the term hangry? Oh, yeah. I got so hangry at like one o'clock in the afternoon. That's the worst. So I tapped out. I'm like, I can't do this fasting thing, God. I live by grace. I'm saved by grace. I am. I I suck at fasting. I'm tapping out. I'm just going to pray now. So I eat some nachos because, you know, what dad doesn't want nachos. Sounds amazing. In the afternoon after breaking a fast. Oh, man. Dude, my sugars went crazy. So mm. I'm at the baseball game with my boy and I'm like, I can't. So I had to go to the, I had to break from the game. As a coach, mm-hmm. I had to go to the uh, the concession stand. I had to get myself a payday and eat it. And I'm like, I'm never fasting again. But it was that moment of saying, God, you're calling me to be faithful. And I failed absolutely <laughs> time. miserable at it. So anyways, we had a good dinner, had a good burger. And he was so mad us. at you, too. Yeah. You know, he's he still was. disappointed right now. He was. He's like, ah. Tears of God 
followed me and visited <laughs> me last night in my sleep. Oh, man. He was so sad. Well, I just feel like sometimes we get so caught up, and, uh, and you know, it's like hey, the half day. And it's not like, hey, you know, don't try. But I think the problem is then we take that, and we, uh, and, and we accept that as our reality from that point on. Like, I'm going to suck at this the rest of my life. Not the case. And I think it's just going, okay, it didn't work that day. Uh, God's mercies are new every morning. Right. Or it's a lie, and let's not do this anymore. Right. But his mercies are new every morning, so get up, and we move on, and we'll make the attempt again, and we'll walk through it and know that it's a dad who doesn't look at us in disappointment like Psalm 103 says, but he looks at us and says, all right, let's do this again. Yeah. Let's, let's do this with grace and, and mercy and kindness and walk through that. It's a dad teaching his boy how to play catch. Yeah. Because how many times did you drop the ball, not catch it, or get hit in the face with it? Absolutely. Hundreds of times. And yet the dad was never like, that's it, I'm done. I'm out of this. I'm out of this. No. If you will just... You know, it's funny, because I, I, my boy, when he was learning to play catch, it was interesting, because he would... You know, the first, the first time, uh, the first couple times, it would either go way over his head, or... I mean, it was, like, right at him. And then <laughs> every time he would throw, it would be, like, on the, my left... Like, I got mm -hmm. so much exercise mm -hmm. running back and forth. And I'm the one with the bad knee. Like, he right. was all perfect, you know, health, and... And now we go and throw it, and it's like right, right at my chest every time, and it's hard. And I'm like, okay, slow down, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and so it's just funny to see how far. But you're right. If I had stopped, would he have just never picked up that, yeah. that again and been like, forget, I'm not doing this. So stepping into the awkward with God, I guess yeah. what we're saying is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, unintentionally, yeah, practice, practice, just practice. And even when you fail, even when you drop the ball, even when you don't make the catch. Just practice, because God is the faithful one, even when we're not faithful. Yeah. And so don't be afraid to just say, I sucked at it yesterday. Just keep on doing. Like, yeah, just absolutely. keep on, just keep on doing. Like, stop rejecting, or stop, I guess I would say stop accepting the lies. Yeah. That, okay, this is it. This, this period of moment defines the rest of who I am as a child of God. That is a complete lie. Yeah. And so then it's going back up and going, okay, you know what? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and make this to dinner. Instead, I'm going to work to dinner, right? And then I'm going to work to because there's nowhere that says, okay, well, I need to, I need to be. This day is it. Now, some people are amazing, yeah. and I mean, I there are some guys who, who obviously love Jesus more than me and can make it through a whole day. <laughs> but there, there have been times when I've fasted about just, just say, you know, like as I'm trying to do, that, I'm just like, I'm gonna, I got breakfast and I got lunch, yeah, and that's it. And by uh, by 106, I'm good, <laughs> and I am eating. No. No, it's usually like, okay, breakfast You're going and lunch. through McDonald's, getting exactly. the Happy Meals. And, amen. Okay, I'll have a Big Mac and, you know. And What's so. on the dollar menu? I got 20 bucks. Let's burn it all. Let's, Let's burn go. it all. Let's make it happen. Oh, gosh. And then there is punishment from that <laughs> oh, one. Because yes, McDonald's is. is. We are not sponsored by McDonald's. That will that. tear you up. It's terrible. Anyways. It's terrible. So we're talking about kind of, you know, we talked about the awkward, <laughs> totally sidebar to this. And oh. now we're talking about stepping into the awkward of just kind of engaging your wife, engaging your kids, having a relationship, having a conversation with them uh, and talking more about how do we engage our wife when we haven't ever talked to them about spiritual things. Right. And, and, and quite frankly, for most of our time, has, that, has, has been the spiritual leader in our family to say, I'm going to get our kids up going to church. Right. I'm going to be the one who's going to pray. And even sometimes I struggle in that. There's times in the morning where I'll get up and I'll do my time with, you know, with the Lord, and, and we'll just spend time, you know, drinking my coffee and just trying to wake up. And all of a sudden, I, I look over, and, you know, the, the kids are there having breakfast, which we end up having a sweet moment in the morning. But then, it, like, all of a sudden, my wife opens the devotion starts doing it, and I'm just sitting there staring <laughs> at her like, hey, you just like do Adam, that. Like Adam. at Eve. 
And when I'm Eve's like, like trying to convince him, this is really good. You should do this. And Adam just <laughs> shirks his entire responsibility and goes, that's cool, Eve. You're naked. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. So, so I'm saying like no guy is, is beyond feeling like, oh, wait, she's doing it. So I'm just going to, I'm going to just bow down to that. Right. And I'm not saying I ripped it out of her hand and, and did, a, did, a, did, did like a Captain Morgan stance and said, that is mine. That's my job. No, I just, I, you know, I realized I was like, I, I need to initiate this and I need to not feel ashamed because our wives truly desire us mm. to step in that. So as much as we feel like it's awkward, they're awkward on the other side going, I just need you to step up. Right. right. And so I think that's the awkward. Again, the enemy, John 10, we talk about all the time, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He has lied to both of us, uh, me, me, as a, me as a husband and my wife you know, as, as a wife to say, well, he's, he's never going to, or, or I, you know, what is this weird, awkward, even it's funny. I'm even trying to to like describe it and I can't, but guys, you know what I'm talking about? That weird, awkward that you're like, I just got to step into this. Right. I just got to step into this. So, um, my wife and I will go through seasons where we're really good at praying together. And then we go through seasons where we don't. Sometimes we'll stand up in the morning. Sometimes we'll stand up in the evening. A lot of times we're laying in bed and uh, what's funny is I would encourage young couples about to get married with this idea of, like, husbands, it's your responsibility to grab the hands of your wife and pray. Yeah. Well, anyways, fast forward a few months after having this counseling with, uh, you know, the, the young couple, and, and I was asking them how it's going. And this wife had this brilliant insight. And, uh, and she was like, you know, when, when my husband grabs my hands to pray, she goes, I know that will be the only time all day that I truly will see what's on his heart. Wow. And I was just struck by that. I'm like, that is so true. Because, guys, we, we are the protectors, and we are always kind of on that verge of, like, if the zombie apocalypse happens, this is the escape plan. And so we're kind of always on edge, and we don't often share our hurts, our struggles, our dreams, our failures yeah. with anyone because that's a sign of weakness and that somehow we're not prepared for whatever may come. And what this wife said, and I, I think I've seen it in my own life, when I'm praying with my wife, it's the only time she really sees what's on my heart. That's you know? cool. And, I, and that's, why, that's why we encourage you guys, man, step into the awkward, not just with God, but do it with your wives. And you really want to step into the awkward? There's a passage in the New Testament. Paul's writing to the early church, and he talks about, hey, if you and your spouse are not going to have sex for a while, talk about it and make sure that there's a spiritual meaning behind it. And I've always wrestled with that going, man, that's, that's a weird kind of just throwing that in there. But all of a sudden I realized most couples engage in sex but don't talk about it with the spouse. Mm. And so, you know, guys, we all know, We've had that moment where we're, we're, we're rubbing the back, just hoping and praying. <laughs> hoping just and praying. hoping and praying that maybe, maybe the stars will align, the ah moment will, you know. Yes. And that back rub might just turn into something. And when it doesn't, there's times that we're like, okay, cool, whatever. And there's other times where we're like, what the? Which is more of the time. Yeah, like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. What's, you know, and we go into this weird kind of mental um trapeze artist type thing where we're flipping and flying and we're we're getting messed up on the inside but we never talk to them about it we just wake up the next day and say all right we'll try it again yeah. instead of saying okay sweetheart how do we how do we engage in intimacy with each other spiritually but how do we engage with int intimacy with each other um physically as well 
because we're wired different. Yeah. And I don't want this, you know, and, and I just think that we suck at this and it affects so many different aspects of our lives, not just spiritually, but it affects physically, yeah. intimacy, everything. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm even, I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, what are your thoughts on the idea of, of how we have that conversation? Cause I think that's a really good, I think it's just hard to go, Hey, you know, like it's breakfast time. <laughs> hey honey. Um, I, I really wanted to have sex last night. Like, how, how do you say that? Like, how do you, how do you step into that awkward conversation? Well, I, so, and these are probably some, I don't know if they're universal, but I think they're, they're helpful. One is initiate the conversation when the emotions are not hot. Oh, good point. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's good. Often we, we give it, we let it build to the point that the emotions are hot to have the conversation and then what quickly happens is it becomes accusatory and defensive. And now there's no conversation. There's a war that's going on. One has a defensive posture and one has an accusation or attacking posture. Mm. And that's a horrible, horrible place to have any intimate, heartfelt conversations. You know? And so I think the first thing is find a time when the emotions are cool. Mm. You know? um, and I think the other thing is I statements are awesome. You know, it sounds cheesy. It sounds pop psychology, but it is truly good to sit down and say, hey, um, you know, sweetheart, <clears throat> I love our time together and I love when we're talking. I love when we're intimate with each other. Um, but I know we're wired different from that. You know, we're wired different for that. Um, how can I make sure that you're having everything that God intended sex to be? Yeah, I mean, that sounds really stupid and cheesy, and I don't know if it actually come out that way. But I think using the I statements and then having the posture of saying, I want to I serve you in this. And I realize you have stresses. I realize you have things going on in your mind that are distracting you 24-7. And, and while sex for me as a guy is a very physical activity, sex for you as a woman is a very mental activity. And so how can I serve you in that process in such a way that that um, maybe just maybe it comes back and if nothing else just get understanding of where they're at in that yeah. relationship and that will diffuse some of the negative emotions and feelings that will crop up when we're hoping for the night and it turns out not to be the night does that make sense that's great you know i love it because as you were talking i was thinking about i think one of the last podcasts we talked about you know, the concept of being a student of your wife, like mm. study your wife. And there's a really good way you could do this. There's this book that was written a while ago called The Five Love Languages. Love it. And, and it's great because, and guys are like, oh my gosh, the book. There's, it's probably an audio book, guys. Just go listen to the audio book. Okay, the word love is kind of like a, a trigger word for most guys. We're yeah. Because like, uh, we hate love movies like Sense and Sensibility. Uh, you know, oh is there a better word we could use? I mean... Like the five hamburger languages? The five hamburger language. The five sex languages. <laughs> like, like, because this will lead to, to, no, the it's cut to, the cut to the chase. I mean, you know, it was funny. I'm sorry, guys. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I think, I think there's something about being, being a student of her because just like you said, you said it was really cool because the idea that, um, that it's, it's an emotional, it's a, it's a, almost like an all consuming experience that they want to offer themselves to us. Right. And we're just like, can I have that again? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's pretty much it. We're like rats at a feeder bar. Can I have it again? Can I right. have it again? Right. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's knowing your wife's love language. It's knowing how you talk. So even in, in, as we're talking, thinking about how do I have this conversation with her? Well, the conversation may not start with, 
Hey, honey, we're, I wanted to have sex last night, and you didn't get the idea when I touched your shoulder or grabbed your butt 11 times. Right. And it's like, so what's I think... What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And so I think it's, it's the idea of going, we, we, we base this, or we start this way before that. So, so, you know, a lot of times it's based on the, on the immediate needs that are around. I mean, guys, if there's piles of laundry and dishes, like, just do the dishes and laundry first. Yeah. Like, if, if the house is a wreck, think about the time she said, I really want you to do this. Or, or, and it's not to get sex. I know that you were looking at going, that's not the prize. The prize is because even in the deeper meaning of us, we really want to be, be connected to their heart. That's what we're trying to say. The problem is it usually happens through our pants. And so it's like, so, so it's us going, okay, putting that aside, we really want to connect with our wives. We really, really do. Uh, we didn't marry them so that we could hate them 20 years later. We didn't marry them so that we could shuttle kids around for the next 18 years and then look up one day and go, hey, I don't even know you anymore. Right, right. We, and the kids are gone. Exactly. And so the very thing that held us together is now gone. Is now so gone, which is what together? normally happens about 20 years into a marriage. Again, I don't know the actual statistic, but when I have conversations with, with, with people who are struggling in their marriage, about the time when their kids are about to depart from the house is when things begin to arise because the element that's been in their way, the I'm even use the word idol, the, the kind of idol that's been in their way that they've been following around for 18 years goes and they forget that they've just been co-laboring with yeah. someone. They're not doing life. And so we have, to ref we have to fight to become a student of, of our spouse again so that we know them. Right. And so that we have this conversation, because what it seems like is you are the sex machine for me. I want to get my, my cut, my fair share, right. and go on. This is kind of what they're hearing. And I, and I, I mean, speak into this info at, at Known Legacy. And society is screaming yeah, at them. That's what they're saying. You know, that's what society is screaming at them. By the way, I, I hesitate to say this. I feel like we need to do a follow-up podcast. And have our wives in this conversation too. We probably do, you know, but that would be awkward. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> we probably need to, and I think that'd be a great idea. Although, knowing our amazing wives, they'd probably be like, "We're not going to speak about such nasty things on the air." But, but I do think that that that, that we need to set this conversation up. Again, I love that you said not like accusatory, not in the emotions of like, okay, I'm still frustrated from last night. Right. But okay, let's look at the bigger picture. Take a step back. Look at the bigger picture. What has my wife been wrestling with? Is it busy? Is it a bad, you know, is it a crazy season? And acknowledge those things. Hey, I know it's been busy. Hey, I know that you've been going crazy. I've maybe not done my job other than, see, because if we walk in thinking, well, I've done provided financially for this place. That is, guys, that is not enough. Right. I'm sorry. That is not our role to just be the financial advisor, to, to be the financial provider. Right. But to really be someone who was there. Because when you got married, you weren't like, and I do promise to just bring you in the money. That wasn't it. Like, you prom you wanted to do life with her. Like, you had your, like, Dreamweaver moment, like, oh, like, oh, Dreamweaver. You know, nice. and, like, sparkly <laughs> around it. You remember that day when you were like, dang, that girl's cute. And that's why you got married. So we got to get back to there. Right. And, and part of that pursuit is sometimes laundry. Sometimes it's dishes. Sometimes it's going, you never do what I ask you to do. And listen right. to her heart and then right. respond, not with an anger, but respond listening, going, okay, I've, I've taken in what, what you said. Help me to be patient and listen. To that so point. and I think what, you're uh, what you, many of us entered into marriage thinking marriage was there to make us happy. Correct. And I think God intended marriage not to make us happy. That's not the primary. That may be a secondary reality of marriage, but the truth of marriage is God established it to help us become or understand holiness. 
Yeah, to be to be an example it, of Christ with the church. Absolutely. And it is a refining, brutal process. I didn't know how selfish I was, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. until I got married. And I'll never forget, we were married. It was the first year, maybe even the second or third month. And I go to the kitchen, I get myself a Coke, put some rum in it, and I'm all excited. It's Friday night, and I, and I bring it out, and she goes, oh, thank you. Where's yours? And I'm like, ah. It's still in still the can. In the, it's <laughs> in the kitchen. I'll be right back. Here you go, sweetheart. And it was just this waking up moment of like, man, so much of my life was oriented towards self. And mm-hmm. when I'm not engaging, trying to say, how do I live life in such a way that I serve my wife so that she can be the best mom that God has called her to be, to be the best woman, the best friend, and the best you know, teacher, my wife is a teacher, that God has called her to be. Like, that's part of my responsibility as a husband, not to get my rocks off, yeah. but to do whatever I can to make sure she succeeds at what God has called her to succeed. So marriage is not about our happiness. Marriage is about the long process of God pruning us, transforming us into holy men of God whose our first posture is serving rather than being served. And that's yeah. hard, man. That's yeah. hard. Because we walk into it, with, with somewhat of that, like, yeah, 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 yep, yep, I'm gonna, yep, just give me the ring, yeah, yeah, I'm good, but, but our mind, I mean, we're just gonna think about it all the time, and I keep going, we keep going back to the sex thing, because that's just, that's one of the big, I mean, it's just the part of it, like, because I want this, right, and, and what, what can I do to get this, and the thing is, even if you get that in that, in that kind of state, you're, you're not gonna end up satisfied, you may end up satisfied for about 38 seconds, feeling good, and then oh, you're that's then impressive. You're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you're and, and then you're at a point of going, well, th- I'm still feel distant from her. Right. And I've just taken what I needed to take and I've moved on. Right. But that's not really why you got into this anyways. Correct. So Correct. I guess the, the awkward starts way before because it isn't just a layer of, oh, this has been awkward for a little while. It's probably been awkward for a while. It's probably been awkward for quite some time because you're standing there going, okay, now I want to try and face this. Well, there's layer upon layer of why things are awkward right. now. So you brought up the idea of the five love languages. It's a phenomenal book. I would encourage guys to download it and listen to it. I'm sure there's yeah, some really good. Um, I mean, if, you, if you're a book reader, go for it. Go for it. Unfortunately, the cover of the book ticks me off, man. Yeah, guys need to read it, but it's like all, purple, isn't it's it? It's purple, and it's like rainbows with unicorns and crap like that. And so no guy in his right mind is going to take that someplace and read it. Yeah. You know, could you imagine going on a conference and then opening up that book? No, not going to happen. Mm. But anyways, the not five gonna... lo- love languages that they talked about, or the premise of the book is this. The way I feel love is often the way I give love. The challenge is the one that I'm giving my love to doesn't necessarily feel it that way. So why I think I'm loving them because I'm giving them the, the, the way they, I'm giving them the love that I feel, they may totally miss it. So for instance, a great example, the five different love languages are um, quality time, gifts, words of encouragement, um, acts of kindness, like serving, and then physical touch, okay? So mine is physical touch and gifts, right? Those are, those are my love languages. Like, mm-hmm. like you come up to me and give me a hug, I'm like, you want me brothers. to give you a hug right now or no? No, no, no. <laughs> It'd be awkward. It would be awkward. Microphones in the way and everything else. People <laughs> watching outside. That'd be awesome. Awkward. But but physical touch. My wife's love languages are completely opposite. It's acts of service and it is um, uh, quality time. Mm. Acts of service and quality time. So here's the tension. I go up and I give my wife a hug. I think I just showed her I love her. And there's a stack and a half of laundry on the other side of her. And I walk back and I watch golf. 
right? Yeah. And she's going, son of a... So she didn't feel love, though I thought I gave her love. Yeah. But she'll go and do that laundry thinking she's loving me because she's acts of service, right? Yep. And I'm like, great, laundry's done. Woohoo! now I have a basket of stuff that I have to put away. Yeah, now I got to put and, it away. And we're two ships sailing past each other in the middle of the night. And mm-hmm. what I've learned is when she actually engages in the very things that show me love, a physical touch or some sort of gift, whether it be a Coke from Sonic on a Friday afternoon or Diet Coke or Coke Zero. I'm a Coke Zero guy. Um, the best thing I can do, you know, if you want a behavior to be repeated, what do you do? You acknowledge that behavior with specifics and you let them know what it meant to you. Yeah. And it has to be specific. Like a lot of us think, oh, I said thanks. That should be enough. No, 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 no. What you need to do is go deeper and say, hey, sweetheart, I just want to pause for a second in our busy day on a Friday night. Thank you for thinking of me and picking up that Coke. Because I'll tell you that that Coke means more to me than just carbonation and caffeine. That actually is one of the ways that, that I feel loved by you. Yeah. Now, she hears that. What do you think is going to happen? She's going to do it again. She'll probably do it again. Yeah. And the same thing in reverse. Ladies, if for some reason you're listening to this to test this out before you, you get your husbands tied into this, the same thing is true. If you want a behavior to be repeated by your husband, first off, if he folds a laundry, don't correct him. Don't tell him he's an idiot that he can't fold towels right and there's only <laughs> one way to fold a towel right. If anything, go back behind him. And do it right the first few times, and then come along and say, hey, have you ever tried to fold it like this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But ultimately, if he's folding laundry, let him know. Specifically, what does that mean to you? How does that affect you? And those simple things, again, act of service. When you're telling someone specifically the impact they're having on you, you're serving them and affirming them in what they've done. And that's an act of service. And that's why I think those simple things have to continue to happen. And we did it. If you remember back, we did that kind of crap at the beginning of our wedding and at the beginning of our marriages. Yeah. But you get lazy. You get selfish. Yeah. You, get, you go through a hard patch here or there. You build up some resentment. You build up some, some scars. And the next thing you know, you just say, forget it. And it's mm-hmm. never too late, dude. So today, step in the awkward identify your wife's love language think about it it's not yours it's going to be different i guarantee and and do something one thing this week that will truly let her know you love her you know and here's the deal my wife loves acts of service i suck at cleaning the house so maybe i need to get 75 dollars out of my pocket instead of going to play golf or going to the bar and get someone into the house that week and clean it Clean it. Could you imagine what your wife would do if she came home to a sparklingly clean house on a Friday? Yeah. She would go crazy. My yeah. wife would. Yeah. She would, she would yeah. start crying, maybe dancing, put on some cowboy boots, go two-stepping. It'd, it'd be awesome. Whatever. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I'm looking, I'm going, man, a couple, a couple tangibles from this is first thing, pray. Like we talked about stepping the awkward of the God the last time. This time we, we still in that awkward say, God, Give me wisdom how to say this. I'm going to probably mess this up, and it possibly could be a fight. So there, there's fear in that. Right. The Lord's not giving us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And so, so I think the biggest thing is going, lay this at the feet of the Father and go, Here, here's my concerns. Number two, if you want to just get simple with this, you know, as you've based this, look around your house. It's like you said, alleviate stress. Maybe that's where just alleviate the stress that yeah. are, that's currently available in life. Like, is it is it dishes? Is it... 
a dirty house? Does she love the bed, the bed being made? Does she, you know, do you walk into your bedroom? Because I don't look around, but there's like, there could be clothes everywhere because I just drop them where I go. And I'm like, hey, I maybe should pick that up. There's a, literally, a, there, there is a basket, like, eight inches from there. And I have just pick oh, yeah. it up and put it. Oh, yeah. So walk around the house, alleviate some, like, immediate stresses. Right. Um, and then maybe ask the question, what can I do to show you I love you? Like, yes. what can I do to show? So even if you're like, dude, I don't want to read the book. Give me the cliff notes. What can I do to show you that I love you? And just ask that question. So right now we've tabled the question of, I want sex. So we've right. tabled that for, for just a minute. Because the value of you investing now will be worth it in the long run. It'll be worth it. Because it is not, again, just how do I get sex? Because that's not the end result. Right. The end result is to receive intimacy together so that you guys are one flesh again. Right. You're not doing it just for the kids. You're doing this for the bigger purpose so that when people walk, so that when people see you in life, they're like, I want what they have. And then you go, well, that's because Jesus fixed this and he continues to fix this. And I'd say, you know, ask it because, you know, because our wives are worth our time. Yes. More than that, Man. you know, eight minutes at most of like pursuit. And then you're done and you're like, okay, I'm going to go do something else. They're worth our entire being. Yes. Because we married them to marry them, not yeah. to just make kids. Pause the TV. Talk to them. Listen to them. Dude, I love it. I, I, you, you hit something. And I think this is another thing. Who in your life are you, do you see down the road, maybe 5, 10, 20 years ahead of you, that you think to yourself, I want that? I want to be that. Uh, I was at, uh, my wife and I went to a new bar here in Fairview. Uh, it's called uh, Killarney's, and they had live music, and it was awesome. We just sat there. We listened to live music, drank a few pints. It was fantastic. And anyways. You sound on, so Irish when you said pint. I tried. I tried. I tried. Well, drank a few pints. <laughs> you sound a lot more Irish than me. Thank you. I drank a pint, a Shinerbach. It was delicious. Texas Independence Day, baby. <laughs> Anyways, on the dance floor, 10 o'clock at night, there is this old couple. I'm not talking about 50s or 60s. I'm talking about 70s pushing 80, you know? And there is this old couple out on the dance floor, 10 o'clock at night, just dancing like fools. Mm. Just dancing like fools. And they're dancing together. They have no rhythm. They are whiter than a sheet. But they are just out there dancing. And I'm thinking to myself, and I turned to my wife, and I said, I want to be them. Like, I want to be them when we're 80 years old, that we come into a bar at 10 o'clock at night because we still realize there's life to be lived, we haven't arrived, and let's go have fun. Yeah, and, and, that's and good. So did we get up and dance? No, we didn't. We just drank another pint. But there's a process now. Like, there's a picture of what my wife and I are like, yeah, we want to be there. We don't want to fizzle out. Yeah. We don't want to just end, you know, watching... Wheel of Fortune, and then being in bed by seven. We want to be those people late at night having a great time. Well, that's it. Yeah, and it's funny because those people never probably knew. I doubt you walked up and said, hey, you've just changed the paradigm of my life. <laughs> but I think that's, that's one of the goals that we have with this, guys, is so that when you're doing life and you're, you know, I mean, you, there's those days that you wish that you look like the Cialis commercial where you're walking down the beach, you know, and, you're, and the, the tubs and like, who? Okay, no, I remember the, hearing that. Who has the disposable thing? income for right. holding hands in two separate tubs? And isn't a, the Cialis commercial all about getting in the same tub together and doing what the Cialis pill is supposed to do? I think and so. And then why are they in two... Anyways. Anyways, I, but, I'm, but I'm saying, like, that. I mean, you, you, you look at that and you're like, 
I, I really do want to be that, that like couple that walks on the beach and throws the stick and my dog runs back and, and, and he, he never runs away and, and my wife laughs. <laughs> Your jokes are so funny. Still to this day. Still to this day. 40 years in, exactly. I still laugh. <laughs> and it's like, we do want that. And I mean, I, w- I would challenge you even now, you know, we, we haven't talked about this yet, but this is one thing that, that one of the hopes with, with this stuff is that you would find a couple, a mentor mm. couple that you go, listen, you guys aren't perfect but y'all have been together like 40 years. That is a heroic element in, in this. Like, it is an un, almost like, like an a unpraised element in our society that says, yes. you've been married 40, 50 years. And it isn't just, most people I've met, now I've met some who've said, we are, we're just dealing with each other because it's way easier to stay together. But I would challenge that most of those people that I've met, statistically speaking, no, <laughs> most of the people that I've met, um, I would literally say 90% of them that I've actually met that, that, are, that are couples that are together that have been married 25 to 40 years love hanging out. Yeah. And they fight for each other's hearts. And so, but they have a lot to offer us as younger men to go, we've been married 15, 20 years. Yeah. What do you guys, how did you guys do it? Like it's, they would crave you finding a couple. So I challenge you to find a couple to, and, and you then know, just have dinner with them. Just have dinner with them. Like, and set it up once a month, once a quarter, just have dinner because here's the great thing about having dinner you don't have to come up with the awkward question to have the awkward conversation about you're an amazing couple i want to be just like you you just start to rub off on each other yeah life happens and things come up and you will just naturally talk about them and so get a bottle of wine or or if you're baptist hide the bottle of wine in a sonic cup whatever works (laughs) best for you and just have we do love our baptist friends we're just joking we do just have a dinner with them and just, you know, pony up for the first one. Say, hey, we'd love to have you over for dinner. See what happens. If there's any kind of connection there, that is a relationship worth investing in yeah. as well as you're fighting for your wife's heart. I love that language. You've got to fight for your wife's yeah. heart. I'm still fighting for the right to party. <laughs> to party. Dude, Beastie Boys are f- awesome. Yeah, they are. Anyways. So good stuff this week. Stepping into the awkward with your wife. Um, you know, we're, you know, just like I said, continue to step in the awkward with God. We'd love to hear your questions or comments. Info at knownlegacy.org. Uh, check us out on social media, Known Legacy, on uh, Instagram and uh, fa- Facebook. If you still do Facebook, Known Legacy Ministries. We'd I'm love to hear your comments. Thank you very much. <laughs> on MySpace. <laughs> if it's still up, we'll start a MySpace. I just changed the background to a bunch of cats with rainbows puking out of their mouth. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, gosh. Hey, we're thankful for you guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to By Dads, For Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.